This is your EE Times Weekly Briefing. Today is Friday, February 1st, and these are the week's top stories. This week, Intel named Bob Swan as the company's new chief executive officer. Is Swan the right choice? EE Times Editor-in-Chief Dylan McGrath talked to several industry analysts in a report he filed on eetimes.com titled, Swan's Mission, Turnaround Battleship Intel. On Thursday, Rick Merritt covered a keynote at DesignCon where Uber's head of hardware engineering stressed, deep learning accelerators need to ride a single interface. And in Japan this week, Junko Yoshida filed a blog on the Japanese government's bold plan to hack 200 million IoT devices starting mid-February. Tokyo Olympics in 2020 is the cited reason for the government's planned hack, but does the government have something else in mind for this exercise? You can read all of these stories and more on eetimes.com. But first, Rick Merritt has been covering the ongoing case of the United States Federal Trade Commission versus Qualcomm. The judge's decision concerning Qualcomm's patent licensing could have significant effects throughout a cellular ecosystem transitioning to 5G. Here's Rick with more. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission charges Qualcomm unfairly used a monopoly in CDMA chips starting in 2006 and another one in LTE starting in 2011 to get unfairly high royalty rates for its patents. It also alleges Qualcomm used exclusive agreements and payments to Apple and to others to shut out chip rivals, such as Intel. In testimony, several handset makers complained of the high royalties, the lack of a second source of chips, and they said they were afraid Qualcomm would cut their supplies of chips. Qualcomm argues it earned its market position and deserves to be compensated for it. It told the story of how it pioneered digital cellular with CDMA and later on the wireless data and media capabilities in LTE. It said, despite some verbal and email threats the FTC put into evidence, it never stopped shipments to customers. The judge will take at least several days and possibly several weeks to pile through volumes of evidence and complex antitrust law. Interestingly, the FTC attorneys asked Judge Coe to rule they need to stay available to respond to her ruling in case of another government shutdown. She told them she just doesn't know when a ruling will come. For more than a decade, Qualcomm has been charging royalty rates of 5% of the net sales price of a smartphone. Those rates could go down significantly due to a wide variety of restrictions the court could impose. For example, the court might strike down Qualcomm's strict policy of requiring a patent license before it ships any chips. That's been a very successful recipe for getting handset makers to start paying royalties. The court could also prevent any rebate payments or exclusivity deals for using its chips. And it might force Qualcomm to license its chip rivals. Qualcomm makes most of its profits from patent licensing. So lowered royalties and less aggressive terms could significantly diminish its revenues and profits. Long term, it might have to scale back its aggressive R&D spending and standards work if that happens. Today, Qualcomm is one of the big dogs at cellular standards meetings, with a 90-person team dedicated just to the 3GPP standards group. It might have to scale back its efforts if its patent revenues decline significantly. Qualcomm already has about 50 5G licensees, as well as several hundred 4G licensees. If the court forces new criteria, these licensees could quickly demand their deals get renegotiated. 
The court might even require those licenses to be renegotiated. For Qualcomm, that could be a licensing and litigation nightmare. For its customers, it could mean lower costs. Long-term, it could open a door to more companies exerting more meaningful influence in cellular standards and patents. This has been your weekly briefing from EE Times and the Aspen Core Global Service. Thanks for listening.